Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. Morning, everyone. Um, You can recognize me. I was the greeter, so thanks for choosing church over caves. I appreciate it. Um, Our scripture reading today is uh, in Ephesians. If you look at the front of your bulletin, you can read along with us. So we can, we'll all read all of them together. So I'll start in the first one. So, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. So thank you. You may be seated. Awesome. Thank you, Ten. Oh boy, this is interesting. I don't have any clips on here, so hopefully my Bible doesn't blow away. Huh? Oh, on Mark's music stand. Oh, I guess he's got that. All right, you know what? That's perfect because Drew's music stand is a little bit tall for me. Um, Here, let me just put this down. Well, happy Father's Day. Um, I'm, uh, I'm really excited today. This is my first Father's Day. Um, if you guys got the chance, I, there's a little three-month-old down front, and uh, very excited to uh, enter the fatherhood realm. Uh, my wife handed me a little card this morning, and in the card there was this thing, and it says, Welcome to Dad Club Lifetime Membership. So, um, so I have all authority to speak on fatherhood because I have so much experience. So, um, Very... Very excited. I um, we've been going through the book of, of Ecclesiastes, but I wanted to take kind of this week to to talk about uh, what it means to be a father. And and of course, I'm not going to have a lot of experience. Like I, I've three months, I've been a dad, um, but but through you know I've been a son my whole life, um, but also through the guidance of of many wonderful wonderful mentors in my life um, have pointed me. Uh, to look at what does it mean to be a godly father, um, to be a father for God's glory. So um, very excited about this process, and I certainly do not do it perfectly. But um, I want to say, and, and this is the thing that kind of kept coming up, and, and Drew actually hinted towards it, um, I think it was before you did that last song, um, but that before you can be a good father— um, like you need to point to a better father. And, and I, I framed it up this way, and, and this is what I want to talk about today, is before you're a good father, you have to be a good husband. And, and that was one thing, that, you know, of course, most fathers are husbands, but that's not always the case. I'm not here today to talk about all the nuanced examples of that, but, but if you're in a situation that you're a father and a husband— you're called to be a good husband before a good father, okay? But even more importantly, before you can be a good husband, and this is going to sound weird for you guys out in, the, out in the audience, you have to be a good bride. And I want to unpack that a little bit first. As followers of Jesus, as people who are chosen by God, handpicked by God to 
to follow him and, and to live our lives for him. We are called, the Bible calls that the church or the bride of Christ. And, and it's kind of humbling to admit that I'm called to be a bride because I'm a guy. Like, that's weird. Um, but, but we are called to be the bride of Christ. And if anything, I want to make sure, like, you know, I'm going to preach primarily to the fathers in the audience, but, but in, in many ways, the, 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 what it means to be a good bride is applicable to us all. And so I hope that you guys don't check out if you're not a father here, you know, if you're a mom or you're a kid or like this, this should be relevant to all of us. What it means to be a good bride should be relevant to all of us who, who want to follow Jesus. We actually want to, we want to be good Christians. We want to be a good bride. Well, a good bride, according to uh, the scriptures, are people who are faithful to worshiping God and God alone. God above all. I want to point to a verse um, in Luke chapter 14. And Jesus talks about what it means to be a, a, a member of this bride or be, be a bride of Christ or be a member of the church or be a disciple of Jesus. You can name it all sorts of different things. Luke 14 verse 26. And this is Jesus talking before a large crowd of people. He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now, those are pretty harsh words from Jesus. I'm not sure how many of you guys are familiar with that passage. Um, what he's saying is, by comparison, your love for your wife, your, your kids, your um, yeah, even yourself, compared to your love for me, it should look like hate. Now, I heard it said once, and, and, and it was really helpful for me to understand this concept. God doesn't want our love for others to look by comparison like hate at the expense of those relationships. It's actually for the benefit of those relationships. I can love my wife much, much better and much deeper because I love God that much more. Okay, so it's not at the expense of those relationships. We're not called to like go and hate everybody by that passage, what it says. It's by comparison, and, and it's for the benefit of us. So to be a good bride is to put God first, worshiping him above all. We have been called as Christians to be set apart. There's a word in the Bible called holy. It's, it's being set apart. We look different it, it often refers to God as holy because he's utterly different than us. He is utterly different than us. So different that we can't really even stand before him. That was the whole reason for Jesus and the cross and the sacrifice. But we as Christians, we as the bride of Christ are called to be set apart, to be holy. What does a bride do on a wedding day? She, she like gets this beautiful white dress and her hair is perfect and stunning. I remember seeing my wife on our wedding day and uh, like it was incredible to see her because honestly I'd never quite seen her in that way and it was amazing. It was a really cool experience. But to be a bride, we are to be, as, as the bride of Christ, we are to be without blemish, beautiful, radiant. Those are the words the Bible often uses. And we stand out from those who don't follow Jesus. We stand out from those who have different values. 
The truth is, is that the world or the culture that we live in, whether you live here in New Hampshire or Long Island or Texas or, you know, Pennsylvania or wherever you guys are coming from, the culture of the world is in opposition to the values of Jesus. It's in opposition to the values of Jesus because in Jesus's value kingdom, we don't value power and money and wealth and prosperity. We value the meek and the humble. Jesus quite often says, and I'll quote a couple verses today, but, but about how the last shall be first and the first shall be last. He flips things upside down. And so we are called to set apart. Uh, in Revelation, oh boy, I'm going to Revelation. Look out. In Revelation chapter 19, it's talking about the end, and I couldn't talk about being the bride of Christ without talking about the end and the, uh, this marriage celebration that is being talked about in Revelation, looking to the very end when Jesus returns and all things come to justice and, and, uh, and there's this great feast. And it says in Revelation 19, 7 through 9, Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. That's, that's us. That's the church. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. That's us. The righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm not going to get into the details of the Lamb reference. It's a beautiful reference in itself, but it's talking about Jesus, the slain Lamb. He was the sacrifice for us. But before we can be a good father and before we can be a good husband, we are called to be a good bride. And I would say that's not just for the husbands and the fathers. It's, it's f- before you can be a good mother, you need to be a good bride. And then another good bride, I guess. For, for those who are kids, before you can be a, a good student, you need to be a good bride of Christ. Okay, And, and so it's applicable to us all. But I want to go into husbands next. Um, Ephesians, oh, it's actually, I, I did want to mention this. In Ephesians 5.32, if you look at it on your bulletins, um, 5.32, it says the mystery is profound. This mystery is profound. Ephesians does a great job at unpacking marriage and the roles of marriage in a beautiful way. Um, and, and right before it, in verse 31 of Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Now, we can get that. That's not a mystery. It's not a mystery that, that a man and a woman, they come together in marriage. And, you know, obviously in, in a procreation way, they come together and become one flesh. But also, from the standpoint of their lives meshing together, um, they become one. And they become one unit. But that's not the mystery, because that's not a mystery to any of us. Verse 32 says, this mystery is profound because... And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Jesus and his bride will become one. And the reason that's so crazy is because God is holy and set apart from us. And that we might become one 
with God. That's, that's where being a good bride comes in. Ephesians 5.25 is the next one about being a, what it means to be a good husband. Ephesians 5.25, let me just make sure I can get to it here. 5.25, I usually have a lapel mic, but uh, we're rocking this mic today. All right, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. What does it mean to be a good husband? It means that one must be willing to be a good servant. That's hard. That's, can I get a, a hand raise for that being a hard problem? That is a hard problem. To be a good husband, one must be a good servant. Be willing to sacrifice your comforts for your wife. In Matthew chapter 20, verses 26 to 28, this is one of those verses I kind of hinted towards about Jesus giving us those upside-down values. Uh, James and John, often called the sons of thunder, um, were James and John. But James and John, their mom came to Jesus. Uh, I think that's funny in its own right. But uh, they, she came and she said, like, I want to make sure that they're the greatest among the disciples. Like, I want to make sure that, that, that one is sitting on your right and one sitting on your left. And Jesus is kind of like... I don't know if you guys get it. And he says this, it shall not be so among you. And he's referring to giving an example of how that's how the world does things. I want to be the greatest. I want to be the best. I want to be the best at my career, my job. I want to be the best dad. I want to be the best, 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 especially in this country. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's a pretty popular verse. So to be a good husband, we must be a good servant. All right, finally, now we move on. Now that we've talked about what it means to be a good bride, now that we've talked about what it means to be a good husband, what does it mean to be a good father? Well, as we uh, live out that servant leadership towards our wives, but also towards anyone else. So if you're not a father here, living out that towards other people is really important. Being a servant leader and putting others' comforts above yourself. In some way, we're all kind of have a parental role in people's lives. You might not have a son or a daughter by your own flesh and blood, but you might have kids that look up to you. You might have younger people that look up to you and seek your advice and, and watch how you live. And so it is important to, to display those things. But to be a good father, we must, we must display that servant leadership as a father. Luke chapter 14, verse 11, it's another one of those similar verses. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will will be exalted. By exalting our children and by lowering our reputation or our ego, we're showing them what it means to, to elevate them above us, to care more about, about their thriving um, and knowing um, the gospel than we do about our comforts and securities and all that. Now, what's beautiful about the way that Jesus did it, and, and I'm trying to figure this one out, is how do you do that without letting them walk all over you? <laughs> how do you do that 
but they still know that you're their father and that you're in control. Jesus, in a beautiful way, with his disciples, served and loved them. But all at the same time, while he was serving and loving them, they didn't lower their, their, you know, their view of Jesus because he was serving them. They knew that that guy was in charge. How to do that as a father? Somebody come talk to me after the service. If you, if you haven't figured out, come talk to me. And then in Ephesians 6, 4, so if you look at the front of your bulletins, we'll go to that verse, the final verse on your bulletins there. It says, let's get that there. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I, this is kind of odd, and maybe this is just a guy thing. I don't know what it is. But, like, I have this tendency to want to provoke River. That's my son. And I'm like, I don't even, why did I do that? And Eunice says that. She's like, why? Why did you just do that? And I'm like, well, I just want to play. And, you know, I'm like, I like to play and I like to do games. And I want him to like the games with me. And so, like, and I'm like, and sometimes I'm like, why in the world? And I'm guessing that God knew that and he was speaking to me. And I don't know, maybe I'm the only one. Maybe I'm the only guy in the room who will just, like, do things to provoke their kids. But, like, I don't know. So don't provoke your your kids. But ultimately, we're called to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That's another hard problem. Because, you know, I, I came to faith about, I think it was nine years ago, eight or nine years ago. And I fell deeply in love with Jesus and and boy, did I didn't have any problem talking with people about it. I didn't have any problem, you know, like getting in people's faces even sometimes, probably too much, and, and wanting to share the good news of Jesus with people because it's so great. But as a father, honestly, it does not come naturally. It, it just doesn't. And I don't know if that's just not the way I grew up or it's, I don't know, I don't know why. But it's not natural for me to sit down with my son and, and just read the Bible with him. It is not natural. But we as fathers are called to bring up our children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. We are to lead our family spiritually in the homes. That is difficult. Especially in our culture where, honestly, it seems like most of the women lead most of the time. We as fathers are called to lead spiritually in the homes. All right, so we learned a little bit about what it, mean, what it means to be a good bride, to put God above all, to be a good husband, to, to be a, as a servant leader towards your wife, also to be a good father and to, and to raise up our children, to bring up our children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I want to say in conclusion, and this is kind of bad news, is that we can't do any of this. Most of what I described there, those are great ideals, but man, I can't live up to that. I really can't. I don't, honestly, I don't think anybody here can, and I'm not just trying to point fingers and say you're not good, but the truth is, is that none of us can live up to that standard perfectly none of us can 
We can't be fully devoted to God. We can't be servant leaders to our wives or to others. And we can't we can't spiritually lead our kids perfectly all the time. We just cannot do that. The truth is, we have to trust in Jesus in a real, real way. We have to trust that, that our failure as a bride, as a husband, and as a father, we have to, we have to trust that, that we need forgiveness for that. And that's where Jesus comes in. He knew that he would be the perfect husband. He would be the perfect father. And that if we put our faith and hope in his husbandry, maybe? Is that the right word? In his uh, fatherhood. If we put our faith and hope in him, that, that he can teach us than to go and actually be a good bride, a good father, and a good husband. That he can do that. And that, that his dying on the cross is the payment for our failure to do those things. We must submit to God. We must submit to God. And then we point ourselves to Jesus for the forgiveness of our imperfections and trust him to be those things. And then what, what do we do as husbands? We point our wives to a better and truer husband. Because honestly, as a husband here on this earth, living this life right now, our role isn't to be their ultimate husband and the most wonderful guy in the world and the I complete you kind of deal. Our role is to prepare them for their better husband. And as a father, our role isn't to be the perfect father, but our role is to point to a truer and a better husband father that they'll be reconciled to one day let's pray father uh you're so good to us and and this father's day i do pray that we can we can acknowledge we can lift up the dads that are here the dads that might be even watching on youtube or facebook later but but lord we submit to you that we can't be these things we can't be a good bride we can't be a good husband. We can't be a good father. So, Lord, may we humble ourselves today and be able to admit that. Be able to admit that we need forgiveness for our imperfections in those categories and that, Lord, we can trust in your perfect sacrifice for us that it is enough. And, Lord, by your Spirit, lead us to then go forward and actually have a chance at being a good bride have a chance at being a good husband, and have a chance at being a good father. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.